0: Hello, I'm Peter Ayers. Welcome to the podcast that converses with creatives about their craft, career and what matters to them. In this episode, we traverse the many stages of founder and curator of the Sydney International Cabaret Festival, Mr Trevor Ashley. Trevor Ashley has accomplished a number of roles, Director, writer, producer, musician, actor, singer, drag performer and superstar. He can now add impresario to the extensive list of credits populating his CV. Ashley is about to give birth to his very first celebration of International Cabaret as founder and artistic director of the Sydney International Cabaret Festival, arriving in the city from July 5th to 14th. No stranger to cabaret, Ashley made his performing debut at Sydney's previous dalliance with the art form, an annual festival conducted at the Sydney Town Hall. Since then, he has, of course, given us celebrated performances in shows that have affectionately rendered Liza Minnelli, Shirley Bassey, Tina Turner and Susan Boyle. He has also presented personally tailored pantomimes, crowd-pleasers that have included Black Swan, The Body Bag and Little Orphan Trashley. All have content that launches from the stage into an unsuspecting audience, exploding with tremendous energy, wicked storytelling, joyous laughter, and an abundance of naughty. It is these traits that have made Ashley a consummate cabaret performer and have guided him in the selection of an exciting programme of performance for the inaugural Sydney International Cabaret Festival. It is a programme of which he is very proud and excited, and one that we cannot wait to see. Trevor Ashley was a guest of ours in season one, episode four of Stages. He now joins us for a second time to discuss his exciting program and the magical theatrical form of cabaret. Your phone's off. Yep. So what's Marco Polo?
1: It's an app. It's like a little app that it's like sending texts, except you send videos instead. Look, isn't that dangerous? No, it's quite fun. You just it's I guess it must be like Snapchat, I never used that. But there's no stupid video effects or anything. You just talk to each other. I think they call them filters. Yes. The video effects. Mm. See, I'm I'm hip. You are hip. Well, you I'm teach hip. high school, darling. You
0: should know. So I need to know, need to know the lingo. Yes. Um, no, I'd be worried about sort of recording anything. Well, actually, I suppose it's no different to putting anything in text. People have
1: still got no, that, exactly. They? they can send it out. Are you a gossip? Oh, I love a bit of gossip. The, the world thrives on gossip, yeah.
0: really, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're always careful, aren't you? You never no. say anything malicious.
1: No, 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 no. I mean, it's mainly just, you know, what have we heard? Showbiz gossip, mm. good gossip like that. Who's who's in? Who got cast? Who got fired? It's wanting to be the first to know, I guess, isn't it? Oh, it's great. This group's a good group because and we all know everything first. And, and wanting to be the first to tell. Yeah. It's always fun. If you've got, if you've got the good piece of info, it's always good. Don't fun. you hate
0: it when you hear something and you think, oh, excellent. I'll call that, that particular friend or whatever and, and mm. let them know, oh, I knew that yesterday. No, it's annoying, isn't it? It's very annoying. It's a letdown. It is.
1: <laughs>
0: um Trevor, Sally Bowles once said, "Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret." she did, she did. now do you when do you how old were you when you first saw that film
1: with Liza Minnelli? Do you know, I think I saw the musical before I saw the film. when I was the a, stage? I, I did. I saw Beverly Hills Girls High School. Fantastic. Do a production of Cabaret. and I knew some of the songs from it. I had sung. Um, if you could see her through my eyes when I was younger as a Stedford piece for character in costume. But I'd never seen the film.
0: Did you work with the gorilla? Sorry? Did you work with the gorilla or something? No, like I just to...
1: sort of did white face and, you know, that thing. I MC don't know. That type. MC-esque. Mm. Um, but I went to see this Beverly Girls high school version and I thought, what a great show. It's so much darker than I thought. And then after that I saw the film.
0: Did it have boys in it? No, I feel like it was all girls. Well, in a way, Cabaret could probably work, couldn't
1: it? Yeah, and it Berlin did. like With a female and... MC and all of that. I mean, it was all, you know, but it was great. It was great to see it. I'd never seen it before. Um, but what? I knew the song also, of course, because I was a Liza fan from, you know, 10, 11 years old. So what did it with Clifford? They called him Kath or something? No, no, it was just Cliff and it was just played by a woman. Right. It was like, you know, when... Uh, oh, gosh, why, why can't I remember her name? My friend, who's a really good actress, who did that <laughs> female Richard III. What was... The, uh, uh, Kate Mulvaney. Kate Mulvaney, thank you very much.
0: That's not cabaret.
1: No,
0: but... But it's a female playing... It was a female. female. Well, well, Kate Blanchard did right. that in War of the Roses also. Oh, she did too. She played Edward Second. I, oh, I fell it. like asleep during that and left. That's... Do, do you really want to sort of reveal that information? <laughs> do, you, do you let you... Um, often at intervals? No, no,
1: almost never. Why? Leave. Yeah. Uh, because life's too short, and, isn't it? I for... generally try and stay, but if it's really dreadful, like, I go. I didn't like that War of the Roses, but that's, you know, not everything's for everyone. I think it was that gold glitter falling down from the ceiling for, like, what was seemingly an endless amount of time, and I just thought, I can't watch this anymore. Mm. I didn't understand what it was there for.
0: And Glenda Jackson on Broadway, of course, is playing King Lear.
1: Oh, I'd love to see that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've played the odd male role. I
1: have. <laughs> <laughs> Much fewer than female, but yes, I have. So um, back to where I
0: originally started. Yes. Life is a Cabaret. Congratulations on an extraordinary achievement because the Sydney International Cabaret Festival is about to... You're about to give birth to it.
1: We are. It's um quite terrifying. It is a huge sort of undertaking to to start a festival from scratch um i think possibly even more than i thought that it was going to be because it's a huge um it's a huge thing and also because you want uh, i certainly didn't i wanted to start the way i hope it continues i guess and so for me there was a lot of importance on all the artists getting paid on uh, you know, us flying and and accommodating and doing all of the things that I think a festival should do. I didn't want to do a fringe model where we said, here we go, we've hired this venue, you put your show in, it's all your risk and we'll take 60% of the ticket sales, thanks very much. Um, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to get the best acts, I wanted to get people who are world-renowned and I wanted to bring home some incredible Australian cabaret artists who just don't live here anymore. And those were sort of my big goals with the festival.
0: So will it continue as that boutique model? Because it's not huge.
1: It's, it's not a- huge. Look, I, we were managing expectations this year, as we say, in the festival business, um, but we didn't want to go too far and and make it... Unreachable or have people with nobody in their shows I preferred to have sixteen really great acts really great shows and that was this year and hopefully as the years go on and with more funding and with more um, visibility and hopefully with more you know interest from our uh, you know from the community then I think that we um then will really grow and hopefully it'll be longer and and bigger. So you you've, it's not the first time you've said that. I'm sure. <laughs>
0: so you see it as a long-term thing you you planned to hopefully this cabaret festival to stick around for a while. Yeah,
1: and yeah. and Stephen Fitzgerald who's the main benefactor and the chairman um he really wanted the reason he's doing it is he wants to leave a legacy of some kind and he thought that this would be a great one to leave and I mean when you've seen the success of Adelaide Cabaret Festival I think that you know we've got there's no reason why Sydney can't replicate that
0: well we did of course have a cabaret celebration yes at at the town hall gee that must be is it how long ago 12 years ago
1: it's uh, longer Longer. so it was 98 through 2004 and
0: what happened there it's been 15 years since we had one why did that disappear
1: that disappeared because change of council change of you know staffing it was a city of sydney run event and uh i just think they they lost the appetite for doing it they thought it was starting to get too expensive and so they just stopped it
0: and i suppose if new people come into new roles and that's not their thing or whatever they're looking in other directions yeah
1: and i I think that's what happened you know and and i had conversations with the city about it maybe 10 years ago about trying to resurrect it and um, they were very supportive but not um, able to take it on so it, it, it's, it's good that um, to have it but I think what's nice and the difference about this festival compared to the Cabaret Convention, Cabaret Convention was sure a celebration of great cabaret and But at the core, it was a competition and uh, it was to win a trip to New York and to perform at the New York Cabaret Convention. And I thought that I prefer to do a proper festival where it isn't about, you know, seven minutes and a bell. But we do have a competition within our festival. Oh, but just, no. well, it's I'm, part of it. I'm glad you're stuck to your loins. No, 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 but I didn't want the whole thing to be that. Well, of course, you're an alumni of that
0: Sydney Cabaret convention, I am. having won one year, didn't you? I didn't win. You didn't win. It's what, one of those what popular
1: myths. Oh, that's a good trivia question, isn't it? It is. It's one of those things where everybody thinks that I won it. Because and I you never were so out of memorable. the box, you were so yeah. impressive, so memorable. So that was when I was very young. and, and you win anything? Thinks,
0: no, never did, won. Did, you, did somebody pass
1: you after? <laughs> I don't think so. No? I don't think I got any. I was just so thrilled. I was only 18 when I did my first one. And I went back every year and I never even made a final. Wow. But they booked me after I think I'd competed for two years and then they just paid me money to come and do it. So I was a special guest at the grand age
0: of 20. Yes, all those great festivals and companies and schools, I guess they, they need a champion to really drive them, don't they? And um, well, certainly the Sydney International Cabaret Festival has found it with you, or you've found it in it. So well, I think it's sort of like, mean, half as, of a mix. Yeah, as long as you're there, uh, it's in good hands. So tell us about the conception. Where? How, how, how did you give birth to the, the festival?
1: Well, Stephen Fitzgerald grabbed me in a foyer after a show at the Opera House said, hey, I want to talk to you, I've got an idea. He said, have you ever thought about a cabaret festival for Sydney? And I said, of course I have, I've been thinking about it for 20 years. Um, And he said, well, look, I'd like to get that started and I've got, you know, money I can donate and and I'd love to do it. And so I basically put together my optimum version of what I thought the festival should be and uh, sort of started working, looking at different venues, what was available. I mean, the, the thing is we had to book everything so far out. I think I was booking all the venues in, in June last year um, for, you know, for this year. So You didn't look that far ahead, don't you? It, you do. It's it's, it's quite full on. So, I mean, I've been with this now since April of last year. So it's um hugely...
0: Because you're a yeah. one-man band, too. It's not as if you have a staff.
1: There's a couple of staff, but not very... Not enough. Right. Um, so, yeah, but this is mainly... Mainly, yes, it is what I've put together. And we've now programmed this whole incredible thing. And, you know, I was trying to be as exciting and yet as as not too, not too ambitious, but ambitious enough.
0: Well, we'll talk about the content of the festival towards the end yes. of this conversation. But I wanted to talk now just about cabaret itself as a, as a theatrical form and how do you define cabaret? What is cabaret to you?
1: Look, I think it's really just that performer connection with an audience. I think that if you don't have that, then it's not cabaret, then it's a piece of theatre. Um, it's very much about how much you connect, how much you can... Uh, speak to them on many levels I think and uh, I guess I'm a bit of a traditionalist in a lot of ways I like uh, I like a singer and a a microphone and a and you know a little band or just a piano that to me is enough and I think that's the beauty of cabaret and you can tell the stories and tell anything that you want to Um, so 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 it's not just my life
0: and art it's just not you know the the biographical cabaret. That certainly is a that's a form, one I guess. version. Yes, and it's then a form there's another it. one where you can do a whole cabaret about love or
1: yes, roller skating, and, or, or pick a composer, or pick you know a theme, a theme if yeah. you like, or it can have absolutely no form or reason or it's anything. My which song. is yeah, and sometimes that's some of the best stuff I've seen has been people just being them.
0: But I guess it's about ultimately that that performer connecting with the text, which with is the material a, and the audience, a palpable yeah. experience for the audience.
1: Absolutely, no? and I think that's uh, people's choice of material. I think is is the is the make or break of a good cabaret show. Can you remember the first? live cabaret you
0: saw, who who was it? It was Geraldine Turner. The great Geraldine Turner, yeah.
1: It was Geraldine Turner and Lorraine Desmond. I think I saw them about the same time at two different shows in the same year, I can't remember. But uh, I got to see Lorraine do her one-woman show at Twin Towns RSL, and she did this beautiful cabaret that she'd been doing at the Tilbury. But we were on a family holiday, and I said to Mum and Dad... Oh, I've got to just because they wanted to play golf and do those things, and I wanted to do see a show or something. And we went down Twin Towns for a bistro meal, and I picked up the brochure, and there it was that Lorraine Desmond was on, and me being a camp, you know, fourteen or fifteen year old, I um, was like, oh, it's the woman from country a country practice, sure, Shirley. Shirley. Shirley Gilroy, and I, <laughs> I loved her. <laughs> On that and then to see her do cabaret was fabulous. And then um, Geraldine was doing. Uh, I drove to Wollongong with a friend of mine. We both drove down to go and see Geraldine perform in Wollongong because that was the first time I'd gotten to see her when I was about fifteen or sixteen. And and. Um, she was incredible doing a lot of Sondheim and and her and Vile material. It was really incredible. Well, the
0: thing about those two women also, you know, I've seen them as well and they're, they're great actors. They they're mm. really, there's a great, tremendous vulnerability which is really attractive about their performance. I, I suppose you have to really lay it on the line. You have to expose yourself. Yes. It's a very exposing medium, Cabaret, and, and that's what can uh, affect an audience. So, and I loved so it and, I
1: mean, I'd, I'd had Geraldine's sondheim albums and things like that so and i'd even had torch songs and some not so torturous um so i had those all at home as a child so Uh, that was a that
0: was a great have you ever seen that that's a it was an abc i've never seen the the tv no which uh she shared with me one night We, we watched it together it was it's extraordinary i'm sure i mean at the you know brilliant
1: yeah and I so I love seeing I, I will I'll ask her yeah it's, it's extraordinary
0: um, and then of course what about have you had much to do with that appreciation of those those extraordinary performers like Charles Aznavour and Jacques Brel those,
1: well I love all of that not stuff them but
0: have you seen them recordings or
1: I've seen bits and pieces of that i i I've learned about Charles Aznavour because of Liza, because she does quite a bit of Aznavour material.
0: And they had a relationship. And they had right. a relationship.
1: They, yeah. And so I remembered Liza. And actually, when I was very young, I used to do Quiet Love, one of the songs of his that Liza... Um, oh, was it about the deaf? About the deaf. Relationship, um, yeah. Deaf partner who she learnt sign language for. And uh it was such a beautiful piece. So um You did it. I did it to death as a stool? I did it on a stool. She used to sit on a stool. And learnt the sign language, right. but I'd learnt the American.
0: She had so much hairspray in her hair that it was really hard. <laughs> Remember that <laughs> I've seen that concert and she tries to
1: put her glasses into her hair and it and won't, she can't. won't go. Yeah. Um it was yeah, I I used to do that song as as a kid. So I, I used to do that at the Stedfords as well. Ridiculous. But fabulous. But fabulous. And I, the, I'd learnt the sign language from Liza on the telly. So not only had I learnt it backwards, but I'd also learnt the American. So no actual, it wasn't Auslan. So nobody could actually understand what I was saying. Oh, right. <laughs> it's so, a completely different language. So unless you're in
0: a, a an Australian club, You'd have no chance of picking up a dead person. Exactly. No idea. Um, Show Queen. Can we talk about Show Queen? Because mm. you've been a great supporter of cabaret through your... Um, well, they, they started off as monthly nights, did
1: they? Or- yeah, they started actually weekly. We did it weekly for about a year and a half. So this is a cabaret series in mm-hmm. which you feature all sorts of performers. Yeah, I and mean, we had a great run. It was really fun at the time when we first started it. And I had a lot more energy because I was, you know, in my 20s. Uh, but I would, you know asked different people to come down and headline and ask other people to come and be support acts. And um, it was really amazing. We had incredible people through, like a real who's who, uh, all came and did Show Queen. And uh, then we moved venues, and I did it for another six months every Sunday. And then eventually I just decided to give it up because it was about two years I did it nonstop, from 2008 to 2010. And then I got hairspray, so I had to go to Melbourne. But um, So I stopped it. And Couldn't you have knocked back hairspray? I could have. You could have. I, I, we
0: sort of had show quick.
1: <laughs> but we brought it back a couple of, uh, right. what, a year and a half ago. You've done some recordings too, haven't you? And we have done some recordings, which I actually must, now that we're in this era which, you know, everyone listens to things on... Apple Music and and Spotify and things, I must actually upload them onto those because they're not there um, because I have them on CD. So I need to actually upload them onto a um, couple of platforms because they're really wonderful recordings, including, I think, in the first album... Apart from having Margie DeFerranti and Abigail Herman, you know, some more established, there were a lot of really up and coming artists, including Hayden T and Amelia Cormack and Josie Lane and uh, Lucinda Shaw, who have all gone on to have these incredible international careers. Phenomenal talent. that It is. and, And it's so funny to think that back in 2008, when we first started doing it, that None of those people have had sort of leading roles yet. And so now... This, and James Miller's on the first one as well. And uh, you kind of go forward and you've got a Javert and a bull and Matt Robinson's on it. He's, of course, written a brand-new musical called Atlantis that's being premiered in America at the moment. I mean, it's quite phenomenal who's on it. And then the second album, the same. It's Lucy Maunder and... Um, Oh, David Harris and a whole bunch of people. It was really fabulous. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, so you had an eye for talent then, didn't
1: you? Oh, I, I knew. I knew, yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you've had tremendous uh, cabaret output yourself, of course. But when did you first start dipping your toe in the water? Was that Trevor Ashley the Arena Spectacular?
1: That was my second show. Oh, so what was the first the one? The first one was called I Need a Life. And that was... I, um, I'd done the cabaret convention. And from that... Uh, Cafe Nine, which was just yeah, starting that to was do cabaret. A venue for a while, wasn't it? Yeah. Down um, in Chinatown. In right? Ultimo, yeah, uh, yeah. Near the
0: old Himage
1: Theatre. Yeah, yeah, right round the corner. Hmm. Um, <coughs> with the backpackers upstairs. And um, they used to have a, very, they had a nice restaurant, though. And they got a piano in and they started getting people from the cabaret convention to come and do little seasons. And so I did my first ever show. Uh, directed by margie de Franti, uh in 98 at there and it was called i need a life and it was basically uh me singing songs about where my life was going to go and what jobs i could do without being a performer so i went through songs that were about you know i was a stripper i was a you know, Lion Tamer. You can guess what what song there. Working. Um, uh, yes. Uh, and so there was a whole no, bunch no, of... No,
0: no, Lion Tamer's from the oh, magic, magic Show. Oh, Magic
1: Show. Yes. it is the Magic Show. But oh. um, the Lion Tamer and I did uh, Easy Money from the Life was my stripper number and I did... Um... Actually, you
0: know they're not strippers. They're prostitutes.
1: No, 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 but that one was one about um, her stripping on a pole. Oh, right. That one is. That one is about her stripping.
0: Oh, okay. I just wanted to make it clear then that you didn't sort of... I know the rest of them been, are prostitutes. You could have been misleading people. I could
1: have been, yeah. especially when the show moved to Oxford Street. Yeah. Um, but I went from that to um, doing the Trevor the Arena Mega Musical, which I did for... Um, at the stables, very first time, and that... They bought it. They like paid me money and everything to put a brand new cabaret together. And I went and did the Stables Theatre. And then the Arena Mega Musical went around for quite a while. I did that show, which was just outrageous, inflated ego version of myself. It's quite quite audacious, really. I know it's hilarious.
0: But 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 how ironic and beautiful to call it the Arena Spectacular, because uh, that was around the time where everything was happening. Was an arena spectacular? spectacular. Exactly. So. Greece, the arena spectacular. Happy days, the arena yep. spectacular. Um, Farnham, Warlow, and Olivia Newton John, the arena spectacular. I know exactly. Tina
1: Arena, the arena spectacular. <laughs> Tina, the arena spectacular. I know it was. Um, it was that time. So that's why I did it, and um, people liked it. And then, and then that was. Then cabaret sort of went away for a bit for me, and I became a drag queen. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but we had. We had, yes. There certainly was that period in the 90s, early, early noughties, noughties, yeah, where we had a lot of venues which were celebrating cabaret. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems the only place now is Claire's Petit Le Salon Cabaret. Claire's is which, the only place sort of doing it weekly. A lot, weekly, right. And there's some, it's a magnificent room. Oh, it and, is. And um, great food and all of great that. Great artists. It's, yeah, yeah. it's tick, wonderful. Tick, tick. All yeah, of
1: yeah. that's great. Um, and I guess one of the things that I'm really hoping for is that there are some great new small venues that have opened. The News Agency, which is in um, Camperdown.
0: And get your Herald while you're there.
1: Yes, you can't. <laughs> but it's called the News Agency and it's a great new little um, uh, used small to be, cabaret that, room. I think it must have been. I don't used to know. A news Agency. But, yeah, exciting. At least there's a couple of places popping up. And, of course, the Hayes do it occasionally. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um
0: Of course, uh, after all of your cabaret experience and then drag for a while, you start dipping your toe. Do you like that? You're dipping your toe a lot, really, to celebrate divas. A a lot of divas with Liza Minnelli and Shirley Bassey. Um, It's like cabaret on steroids, really, those shows. But do you see them as a cabaret event? They certainly are influenced by your cabaret roots,
1: yeah, I think they're more productions. I mean, I think, well, they're Big bigger concerts. productions because, I mean, Liza started in the basement of the Civic. So it was an intimate show. So it was. There were 130 seats, and um, but I had a seven-piece band. Right. So I had a seven-piece band. And you don't really get that that often in 130 seats in a no. small venue. So, um, but... It was where I wanted to be. I, I needed more than just, you know, I love orchestration and I love the way that it sounds when you do that. And I think with a voice like doing Liza, you've got to have some balance from the rest of the band or otherwise you're just screaming at everyone all night. And mm. I think, you know, that's what you, that's where I sort of wanted to make sure I, I had a bit more than just a piano or a little trio.
0: Who's the most impressive international artist that you've had the privilege of seeing performing cabaret
1: gosh there's a few patty LePine's pretty incredible i loved seeing her i love was her work
0: in, in an intimate cabaret setting or are you talking about a concert i'm I've talking about just a, 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 a
1: tiny room i've seen her in a tiny room and right. she was amazing
0: right. um i I saw, can I, I I can share. I saw, uh, it was 96 in London at the Café Royal, Mm -hmm. um, Barbara Cook. A small room with Wally Harper on the piano. It was fantastic. So impressed. uh, Wally was at the bar afterwards, went up and said hello. And he said, would you like to meet Miss Cook? So took took us back to the dressing room. It was what, that just capped off the most perfect evening. Because if ever there was an artist who had this tremendous connection to a lyric... Uh, yeah it's, it's a great
1: barbecue. I love Alan Cumming I think oh, he's yeah, yeah. a wonderful cabaret performer So what's special about him? He's so personable And he's so much himself Alan's very um, Unguarded And I love that about him There's no There's no artifice It's really When he starts talking about his stuff It's really Extraordinary And uh, is, it, is there A, um, a danger uh, Is it a feeling that, that some artists are
0: walking on a tightrope? and
1: Look, I think there can be. I think so, depending on the show. Alan's show was certainly very interesting because if you've ever read his book, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's quite dark. And so, so was the cabaret. Right. Um. And I've seen him do sort of two different cabaret shows. He's done his sort of more fun one and I've seen him do his father-son one and now he's doing another one, um, which I haven't seen yet. Um I desperately tried to get him here for the festival but he couldn't make it work. Or well, next year, hopefully. Um, next year, let's cross fingers. Uh but yeah, I loved seeing Alan too there's I, I loved I saw Charles Bush this year. He was incredible seeing him in cabaret after being in drag. He's not in drag and he sings and tells stories about Is that possibly someone we might see? I would love Charles yeah. to come out. Yeah, he doesn't like flying, so that's oh, a little really? bit, yeah. Look at the bus. <laughs> but I'd love to see him out here. He'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He'd be amazing. But there's quite a few people like that that I have been lucky to see and know, and yeah.
0: So the Sydney Cabaret International Festival. Yes. Sydney International, International Cabaret, Cabaret Festival. Yes. Festival, okay. Who have you got for this festival? Let's let's talk through them. I know that you talked about Australians coming back and celebrating their work. Kim David-Smith from New York.
1: Yes, wonderful. Amazing performer. He is
0: extraordinary. I, he does this sort of Weimar Republic-influenced sort of
1: cabaret. He is, and he's almost a character. He's almost like a divine Miss M. Do you know how I mean that, you know, how Bette sort of got her... Slight alter ego. Well, I think Kim certainly got that. That's quite mysterious and quite and mischievous, sexy and mischievous, naughty, and and it's great. And so he's doing an entire uh, show of Kylie Minogue. Songs which will be wonderful, but, but with a Weimar slant. Like with a Weimar that... slant, yeah, yeah. So there's some things that are faithful, and other things that he's really twisted. So I think it's a it's a really interesting show, and it's music you know, but done in a way you've never seen before.
0: Yeah, Alison Jay is coming from London. She is. I just want to fucking dance.
1: She does. Yeah. and she's um she sings that, and it's, of course absolutely amazing. Um, I. Got to work with her uh, 10 years ago in Jerry Springer, the opera, which in which she had that famous which number, which really number. took off, didn't it? In the yeah. Sort of, in
0: clubs and things.
1: And uh, so she's this time coming and doing Ella Fitzgerald, which she's got one of the most incredible voices I've ever heard. And so hearing her sing that sort of Ella material is going to be something really special. And she's got a fabulous band with Kevin Hunt as her musical director and a fabulous all jazz guys band.
0: Right. She, she of course started in Australia lots of musicals I remember seeing mm-hmm. her in Nine Yeah, uh, And then she went to London I guess did a, a few musicals there yeah, as well Yeah she did a
1: whole bunch of shows over there And of course during Springer Which she got the Olivier nomination for um, But you know she just sings She sings everywhere Royal Albert Hall every, every second week You know she's
0: quite phenomenal Next week's episode of Stages is The Great Phil Scott. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And Phil is doing a show with Jonathan Biggins, which he is. H- hysterically is called No Cabaret for Old Men.
1: Yes. <laughs> which I love the title. Uh, Phil and Jonathan are, of course, icons of cabaret in this country. Starting way back with uh, Three Men and a Baby Grand with And all of their Tilbury shows. And they had, they had a, a, other, you know... Two Men and Abroad, um, you know they they Abroad with Two Men. Sorry, it was called, um, and that was Linda Nagel and them. And so they've they've done so much, and you know they're so clever. They're the masters of satire and 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 you know parody. And I think it's going to be a really exciting show because it's all brand new material, and it's just the two of them, and neither of them are in the Wharf Review this year. So it's it's really the only chance to see them do this sort of thing this year well they've had time to write it then exactly no they haven't really they're writing the Phil. review
0: Phil's very busy at the moment yeah they're both it? busy and Jonathan has just done that, that from the gospel according to, 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 to Paul, Paul yeah, which is the the one man show about Paul Keating which is absolutely phenomenal and I believe it's doing a uh, return season to the Seymour he, they
1: go in straight after the festival
0: which is fantastic mm. I'm Brian Nash from New York.
1: Brian Nash from New York. He is so phenomenal. He's a most incredible, energetic piano player, singer, musical director. He's actually the musical director for uh, Jennifer Holliday, for Natalie Joy Johnson, and Kim Smith. Plus, he's doing his own show called "The Art of the Mashup." And I also promise he will be popping up to the piano bar to, to tickle the ivories occasionally throughout the festival as well.
0: What is a mashup?
1: A mashup is when you put two songs together and make them sound like they're one song.
0: Oh, okay. So has he got all of those prepared or will people be able to call out from the audience? He has a bit of a you mix know, of things. So i will just a girl who be... can't say no
1: and um, bring him home. Well, that would be his, his thing is he's going to teach you how to do the perfect one. Right. So you have to pick the right things that work over the top of one another.
0: So it's like okay. a... Uh, 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 a class. In it's almost February. a class,
1: but also just fabulous talent. He's a really amazing guy, and he's almost sold out.
0: Brilliant. Well, I'll be seeing him. I'm seeing everyone so far. Oh,
1: good. Uh, Natalie Joy Johnson. Natalie Joy Johnson. Now, she is somebody who nobody knows here. Uh, I'm she's ex- sort of a bet Midler meets Courtney Love. That's what they call her. Yeah. She is quite outrageous. I find uh, she's my favourite new cabaret performer I've seen in America, probably in the whole world for a very long time. She is so funny. She's so outrageous. She has the biggest voice you've ever heard. It really is. She's unmissable. You've got to see her and give her a try because nobody knows her here, but do go and see her. She is so brilliant, so funny.
0: I love her. Is there a theme to her show? Or she just, no, it's, it's
1: called Relentless, but it's um, she's she will tell you stories. She will be, she's got she's kind of the late show on her nights. I think she's nine thirty and after.
0: So she's a bit naughty,
1: but yeah, quite naughty, right. um, quite naughty. But then you know she does. She tells incredible stories about her life in New York and and how crazy it is because she's quite nuts and uh in the middle of the show in the show, nicest in the way, nicest way sure. no, yeah but outrageous <laughs> and very camp and she wears wigs and sequins and she's a bit like a female drag queen and she's worked in gay bars for a million years so that's why she's quite a bit middler-esque yeah. um but she's just got this incredible talent and she's been in kinky boots until it closed she was in it for six years um so she's quite amazing now, Frisky and Manish, I'm not yes. talking
0: about you on a Saturday night.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Frisky <laughs> and Manish are who? Frisky and Manish are from the UK. They are a duo who have been working together for a very long time. They're one of the UK's greatest cabaret acts. They work all year. They're huge at Edinburgh Fringe. Everyone knows them there. They do pop. The show's called Pop Lab. And they... Uh, sort of dissect pop songs they parody pop songs they twist things they make you laugh with terrible lyrics they'll show you all of the bits from boy bands to Britney to you know Celine Dion they'll do all of it it's really brilliant and they they're just self-contained the two of them and they wear great outfits and they're really outrageous and funny
0: it's almost impossible to do justice of what what happens during a frisky and mannish gig i believe that is what they say yeah
1: yes it, it really is it's quite amazing they really um they really change up everything it's it's quite extraordinary right and very impressively you got broadway star angela lansbury i do <laughs> If only, darling. No, we have a um, murder she... Uh, solve sing, a solve along a murder, murder she wrote. wrote. Right. And uh, Tim Benzi is also Australian, yes. um, but lives in the UK. And he's coming back to do his fabulous... This is a, an experience. If you want something that's more interactive, this is a, very much an experience. You go along, you sit at tables it's two hours, there's a bar open in the venue, and for two hours you dissect an episode of Murder She Wrote and play games and get prizes and and it's really quite amazing. It's
0: like cabaret bingo.
1: It is a bit, and it's gonna be fun. And there's wigs and there's Prizes and stupidity, and and uh, you know you have to guess who's going to win. And do
0: you yeah. do you have to know Murder She Wrote as a TV series to? Oh look, I'm sure it'd help, but no,
1: I think that you could just enjoy it. Right. It'll be a fun night. It's it's definitely get some mates and come along for that.
0: Now bold, brash, sexy, and dangerous is cheeky cabaret. Yes, so yes. that's come
1: from Brunswick Picture House on the um, New South Wales North Coast, right. and they. Uh, It's the home basically where La Soiree and Club Swizzle have come from. Mm. And so they have put together a brand new show. This is the best of the Cheeky Cabarets. They do those up at Bruns every month. And so they've assembled the best cast and they bring them all to Sydney. And so it's some of the best circus burlesque, um, you know, singers all kinds of things, all in one show. There's aerial, there's water, there's clowning, there's strippers. It's it's a bit of everything. It's going to be amazing.
0: So there's titillation guaranteed.
1: Absolutely guaranteed. You should see the bloody boy. They've got swinging through the air. It's phenomenal.
0: <laughs> now... Tim Draxel is easily our best male cabaret artist, uh, which is the blurb from the Sydney Morning Herald. Does that piss you off?
1: Oh, no, I told him that they were almost correct. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) Tim's an amazing cabaret artist and he is doing a brand new show, which I'm finding really interesting. It is called... um, It's a famous
0: album of love songs.
1: Yeah. um, The... Oh, drag. Love is a drag. Yes. And it is... A famous album from the 1950s that was sung, it was the first time anyone can find on record a whole lot of homosexual love songs, basically. And they're standards, but they were sung male to male. And that was a very cult thing that happened at the time when it was illegal to be gay. And so Tim tells the story of that, sings the songs from the album. It's going to be quite um, moving. And again, he's almost sold out, so I would be jumping on... Um, tim draxel in more ways than
0: one to to get a ticket yes um and of course your big headliner which is just extraordinary i went to the launch of the cabaret festival at the town hall and the bruce pollack come up and said you're in for a big surprise here and i said oh yeah what what could surprise us bruce what could surprise us and then you got up and you announced the lineup, and you announced the headliner jennifer holiday everyone went crazy and then you said and now here's jennifer Yes. And she did a famous, famous talk And I song. am telling you. Yeah, yeah. So Jennifer Holliday. How do you get Jennifer Holiday to headline your cabaret convention? Um,
1: well, I wrote to her and said, look, we'd really love to bring you to Australia. You've never been. And I just thought she'd be such a great person to bring to Australia. And uh, she was very up for it. And even... Said, okay, I'll get on the plane and come out for the launch and go back home and then come out again. So, um, had you been to Australia before? Never ever. Wow. So, did she enjoy her time when she was here? She had a wonderful time, yeah. She really loved it. It was a bit short, she had to sort of run over, then run back. So, um, I don't, I
0: I really don't know what I expected, but you know, she won the Tony in the early 80s, yeah, and that's pretty impressive. But she is still in phenomenal voice. Oh, yeah, it's, it's. It's been quite a life for her. And, it has. Um, and the voice and is amazing.
1: it's phenomenal. And she sings. In her show, you will get all the dream girl stuff that you want, but you also get some really great stuff. You know that she sang at Aretha Franklin's funeral. Yeah. So she's going to be doing her stuff that she did that's Aretha, for Aretha. She's got a really big band, brass, backing singers, the whole bit sydney town hall she'll be belting her face up all night and i'm really excited about it i think it's going to be wonderful
0: and she's doing a master class as well isn't
1: she? she is and that's one of the things i really wanted to do as part of the festival was be able to have some opportunities for artists to come in and learn and to see and to see what she's doing she's never done a public master class so this is very exciting um so Jennifer and Alison Jire is also doing a masterclass. So
0: who are the participants in the masterclass? Are they them young students? Yeah, yeah. Artists? So young, they, do they have to apply for it, or do you? Invite they do,
1: them? and okay. so some people already have. But if there is anybody who's listening and wants to, send to info at sydneycabaretfest.com. com,
0: and you might get a chance at might get a chance directed to get by to Jennifer or, or Alison. Alison. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, you also. Start with a bang, the big all star variety gala at the city recital hall. So, Correct. is that where we get a little potpourri of everything? You do, a, you a should see. You'll see
1: almost everything in the no. festival, just a little number each. And that's what I'm hoping that people come along to that. Um, and then come along to see if they haven't heard of somebody, but then they blow them away at the gala. I hope they get online and book straight away to come and see their actual show.
0: Yeah. Now, it's um, not just the grown-ups who are catered for. You've got uh, the Petit Cabaret is no longer there. I'm reading from the program that yes. advertise, so it's no longer there. Trevor's <laughs> going, uh, he's crossing his neck saying that's out. So you haven't. why haven't you got Petit Cabaret?
1: Well, we just decided it was getting very difficult to market everything. And I decided that if we had to split our marketing budget to market to families, that it was just going to start getting too expensive. Yeah. So I thought we'll do it for year two. Fair enough. Good answer. Because Mm. people will uh, probably
0: be looking out for that. Yeah. um, Now they know. Now they know.
1: But next year, definitely, we'll have a kids program. We just couldn't do it this year.
0: And your piano bar, is that going to be happening nightly in the foyer at the Seymour
1: Centre? Yes, or? so we're basically turning one of... We have the fabulous Moet and Shandon have come on board as a sponsor. Lovely. oh, yes, Lovely, oh. Oh, oh, yes darling, darling, we're oh, having it now. Yeah.
0: Oh, wonderful. Um, best sponsors. Best. Moet and Moet, Shandon. Moet,
1: Moet, Moet. Moet and Shandon. Um,
0: oh, I love so them. I love them. I yes.
1: do too. So we're having um, a fabulous I, bar sponsored by them and we're turning the upstairs outside the Everest um, into the Moment and Chandon piano bar. There are pop-up performances, plus we have celebrity hosts. And the great thing with that is that we have, it's open every night and there's little pop-up performances throughout the evening. So if you've got nothing, like if you're coming to see a 6.30 show and your next show's not till nine and you're out at quarter to eight, we have food trucks in the, in the courtyard. You can go upstairs, And there will be, um, the bar will be open, there will be a piano player playing, doing a couple of songs for you. And then at 10pm, we swap into late night live mode, and it's only $10 entry to get into the piano bar um, with your ticket from... The night, from any night of and the that's festival. And in the foyer outside the
0: York or something?
1: Outside like. the Everest. and So couldn't you just go, go to
0: the foyer outside the York and listen and not pay your $10? No.
1: Or, or, or wake downstairs? Off.
0: But you could hear it. You
1: could hear it, but it's not quite as good, is it? You want to see it. It'd be like going down to the harbour party and waiting <laughs> at the top of the st- and <laughs> and just going, oh, enjoy from afar. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't,
0: I couldn't afford the ticket, but I just listen.
1: Um, but yes, but it's going to be great. And we have for that, uh, we have incredible celebrity hosts. On the first night, it's Minnie Cooper. On the second night, it is Rhonda Birchmore, Living Um, Legend. I've never seen them in the same room together. Uh, No, but I think that's why I've got them Friday and Saturday. It's very difficult. Uh, You have to schedule it. Um, And then later in the week, we've (laughs) got Trevor's Crisis, which is going to be like a Marie's Marie's Crisis crisis. night. And you're you're just going to play for No, I'm not doing anything. I'm just coming along. We just named it after me. But there will be sing-alongs and there will be a piano player. Stephen Kramer is doing that. I've been to a few Trevor Crisis. You I've have, and you, you never know. As the night goes on, I no, might, I might. might. Right. Um, but it's pretty amazing. We'll have a Trevor's crisis, and then on the Friday night, Tom Shirah and Cathal Corner hosting. The Saturday night, Genevieve Lemon is hosting, and on the final night of the entire festival. Not in the piano bar, but in uh, what we are calling Checkers. We will have the legendary Tony Lamond, who we just announced.
0: That is extraordinary.
1: So it's going to be a pretty great program. I'm very excited about it.
0: So, what the checkers is the Everest or the York checkers is the Everest, Everest, fantastic,
1: which is being turned into a 1960s nightclub. So, will Miss Lamond be singing or Miss Lamond will be singing? She'll be talking and she'll be singing, and um, we'll have some special guests and some um support acts. And then, um, yes, Miss Lamond will, will appear, she's fabulous. We're very excited for that. Did you After, see the, re- the, recording the recording studio? Well, the recording studio was. Amazing. At
0: Eighty-seven. She is
1: in phenomenal voice. She, she is can
0: still, you know, cut the chops with as long as he needs
1: me. And we're excited about having her for this.
0: Yeah, I bet she's excited too. Yeah, yeah. it's that's great to celebrate uh, Tony Le Monde. that's That's yes. fantastic, Trev. Fantastic,
1: excellent. So it's going to be a wonderful ten days. I'm going to be, need a rest. I'm flying to Greece after that just to lie down for a for a week after the festival because. It's going to be a, a busy time for me. I'll be at everything, so um, look out for me around. And you thrive on it. You love I love it. Busy. I do love it. I do love it. Right, right. Um, but it's going to be amazing. But definitely grab some tickets, come along, come and support. Go and take a chance. I promise, promise, promise you, you will love everybody in this program. I love every single one of these acts. There is not anybody I wouldn't highly recommend. They're quite phenomenal.
0: Well, I'm go- during the the week of the uh, is it a week? It's basically a week. Yeah, it's yeah. just over a week of the Cabaret Sydney International Festival. Yes, the Sydney Cabaret. It's Sydney International Sydney Cabaret, Cabaret Festival. Festival.
1: Yes. Yes, Sick
0: um, I'm going to be talking to a lot of the performers. You will be. And we'll be releasing episodes during the week, so listeners can uh, can download and, and and tune in and uh, hear me talk to them about the art form of cabaret and what they'll be offering. And I'm um, very much looking
1: forward to that. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm very excited.
0: Yes, and more. Now it's shondon. on. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, all right. So, when you get back from Greece, what else have you got on? Are you doing any other shows this year? Because I a little Dicky Bird, who I might have interviewed recently, <laughs> said he's, he's working on a show with you at the moment. Yes. Can you talk about? There that will be a brand
1: new panto. Yep.
0: It,
1: it may not even be quite a panto, but it will be in the vein of Fat Swan Tranny and uh, and and Body Bag. Yep. Um, so you can see that that will be announced. The day after the festival,
0: you can't tell us anything about it. No, no. no.
1: Okay, um, but you will, you will Look, see. It's going to be fun. Well, if it's certainly, if it's anything like those shows
0: that you just mentioned, it's going to be offensive. It's going to be obscene. Yes, and it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. It will. I'm looking so, forward to it. Yeah, fantastic. It is a delight. We haven't. We we spoke in episode. Was that one or two? Four, Four. four. It was Miss LeMond... Michael Norman, Brian Castle's Onion, and yourself, number four. So
1: it's lovely to have you back. Well, thank you for having me. It's lovely to see you. You are going to be episode fifty. Episode fifty. Wowee! You've been busy.
0: Award-winning podcast. I know. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) This new podcast. So, um, thank you for telling us all about uh, Cabaret and uh, the festival. Uh, We wish you all the very best. Thank you. Thank you for coming in, and we look forward to maybe. Chatting again further down the track.
1: Uh, hopefully I'll see you around about at the festival.
0: Yeah, and if anyone sees Trevor,
1: go up and say hello. Please I'll do, yeah, please yeah. do. And I will be around. I'll be in the foyers and speaking to everybody and I'll be there. Terrific. Thank Thanks you. darling. Bye.
0: Bye. It's always a riot to spend some time with Trevor. He's certainly curated a very exciting program for hopefully his first of many Sydney International Cabaret Festivals. Tickets to all of the shows in the festival can be obtained from Event Finder Ticketing. And you can also view what's on offer at the festival website, which is com. That's com. Over the next week, I'll be dropping some special editions of Stages as I speak with some of the super talents converging on Sydney to show us their unique take on the form. So stay tuned, better yet subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. In the next episode of Stages, I'll be talking to the delightful Mr Phil Scott. He'll tell us about his show in the festival, No Cabaret for Old Men, as well as an extensive career on stage and screen as writer and performer. I'm Peter Ayers and this has been episode 51 of Stages. Thanks for listening.